Welcome to episode six of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram. You can follow me there and see all kinds of crazy stuff I post about my running life. I post reels sometimes, just give race reviews, tell all kinds of crazy things that happen to me in my running experience. So I hope you'll join me there. If you ever want to reach out, please feel free to do so on Instagram by direct messaging me at Waddell Running Lady. You can also email me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. I always enjoy hearing from you and I gladly accept your criticism, your comments, suggestions, ideas for new episodes. And without further ado, let's get started. The name of this episode is Pushing Through the Hard Days. And this is my Mesquite Canyon Trail Half Marathon story. So Mesquite Canyon Trail Runs are the final race in the Desert Runner Trail Series here in Arizona, put on by Aravipa Running. This particular race is held at the White Tank Mountain Regional Park out in Waddell, Arizona, which is where I live. My house is literally about 12 minutes from the park entrance. So I have an annual pass that's good for not only white tanks, but Usury Mountain Park. Um, I think it's good for McDowell Mountain. It's good for the Estrellas. It's good for all all kinds of different um, parks around here where I can run trails. And so I've definitely gotten my money's worth from that annual pass. But the white tanks are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful trails. I don't care what time of year you go. They're beautiful, but I do live in the desert. So of course there's lots of cacti and sand and rocks and those kind of things, whether you go in the winter, the summer, spring or fall, it it doesn't matter. You're going to see those things, but the white tanks are also notorious for just having some very tough trails, especially for, for runners. Now I have hiked um, some of these trails in preparation for hiking the Grand Canyon as well. And so some of these trails are just, they're very difficult. And I knew that when I signed on for the Mesquite Canyon half marathon. Now, if you've listened to any of my other episodes or if you follow me on Instagram, you already know this, but Mesquite Canyon was going to originally be my very first ultra. I signed up for it, goodness, honestly, probably six months ago. And my plan was okay, it's close to home. You know, I can head out there and run those trails and, and this and that. Well, after running Chicago Marathon and, and then after doing my Ragnar trail race in November, and I started really getting out on the trails, I realized that my trail pace was just really not up to par for the cutoffs um, that would be necessary for me to hit in order to not get pulled from, from the course. And so I ended up deciding to run my first ultra at Coldwater Rumble instead because I had a much more generous cutoff time. So I went ahead and did that in January. It was successful. I loved it. It was awesome. Got my goal done early in the year. My goal for 2023 was to become an ultra marathoner. And I did that, um, you know, two weeks into 2023. So was able to kind of scratch that off the list, but I still had this registration for Mesquite Canyon and I did not want to drop out of the race. So after some consideration and back and forth with my coach and all, I dropped down to the 30K, which is 
it's it's almost 19 miles if i i believe it's 18.6 you know technically but obviously courses can be longer or shorter and i dropped down to that that distance and kept training well after climbing both of the of the difficult climbs which were part of of that 30k course i was just like you know <clears throat> i'm not going to make these cutoffs either most likely and so i ended up you, you know it it comes down to should i just go ahead and just try and see what i can do or and if i dnf i dnf and say look i tried or do i drop down to a distance that i feel like will still be incredibly hard but that i can finish within the time frame and so that was the decision I had to make. And after talking to the race director, Scott, and my coach, Ben Jacobs, and just listening to my own heart, I decided that the best thing for me to do was drop down to the half marathon distance. Again, this half marathon is, was, is not your typical half marathon. This half marathon course had an elevation gain of 1,710 feet. And about a thousand of those feet were over a two mile span, a little less than two miles. And it's, it was switchbacks and that wasn't the only climbing. There were, there was lots of other climbing, but that was the biggest chunk of it in that one little section. But this race, like I said, was not your typical half marathon course. And I knew that going into it, it was going to be very difficult. Now, a little bit more about, about Mesquite Canyon before I get into the specifics of, of my day. Uh, Air Vipa Running is a local, a local organization here and in the Phoenix area, and they put on trail races in Phoenix and all over the Phoenix Valley, and also, I believe, in Nevada. And I've only done two Air Vipa races so far. That is going to change this year. I plan on doing several more, but absolutely highly recommend there are people that fly in for these races and drive in for these races. They're put on very well and excellently organized, and you will not regret running an Aravipa race. I don't care if you're running the ultra or the shortest distance. It doesn't matter. You will have a great time and a great race. So highly recommend Aravipa. This race had a 50-mile option, a 50K option, a 30K, half marathon, an 8K, and a kid's fun run. Okay, so there's all kinds of options at Mesquite Canyon. All right, so like I said, this was this took place a week ago this past Saturday on March 11th. And I've already mentioned that I live very close to the park. So I trained a lot on these trails leading up to the race and trained very hard for this race. And I was out on the trails multiple times a week. A couple days before the race, I started getting really nervous and I just started saying crazy things and I started questioning my size and if I really belonged at this race and started saying stuff to my husband about, you know, maybe I should look into weight loss surgery or maybe I should do this. And, you know, I probably could run faster if I lost weight. And I just started talking, saying a lot of things about my body that I, I, I have been so good about not saying recently. But my husband said, Michelle, this is the race jitters. This is crazy talk. And you do this before every race. Just stop, like quit. You know, you're going to go out there and do it. 
quit talking like this. You know, you don't need to be saying these things. I got very uptight and the day before, so Friday, I was just, I felt kind of terrified, I'll be honest. And I just noticed that I was more scared for this race than I had been for any other race that I, than I can think of. I was more scared for Mesquite than I was for Chicago Marathon, you know, than I was for Coldwater Rumble Ultra Marathon. And for some reason, I was more scared, even though this was only, quote unquote, a half marathon. I was scared. And I was so scared that when I went to bed, I had a crazy dream. So before I get to the crazy dream, first of all, let me tell you what what I packed. So I pack up the night before typically for a race and I was wanting to finish in six hours or less. I know that sounds like a really long time, but this is my body, my race, my pace, and I had a goal of six hours or less. So I planned accordingly. So I took six um, gels, like goos, and I took six um, glucose. They're, they're similar to goos, but they're just liquid, liquid calories. And a bag, a little Ziploc of goldfish crackers because they're yummy. And sometimes I get sick of the liquid calories. And so I planned enough fueling for seven hours because the aid stations were kind of sparse on this course. And I knew that and I did not want to be left without enough calories, without enough hydration. I filled up my bladder in my orange mud pack and I also took my orange mud soft flask, um, put my noon hydration tabs in there and my water. And that's pretty much, you know, I had a couple of napkins in there. I had, I think I threw some money in there. Um, I had just a couple, what else did I have in there? Just a couple of things that, you know, I wanted to make sure I had everything with me that I needed. Had my sunglasses. I brought a buff, but I did not end up taking it out on the course with me because I usually get hot and I pull it off like within the first mile. So I left it in the car which was a bad idea. And you'll find out why later. So anyhow, I packed up and had everything ready, had my peanut butter bagel ready to go for the next morning, my banana and all of that went to bed early and had the most horrible dream. And this just goes to show you how nervous I was. I don't ever remember my dreams. If I dream, I, I don't know about it. I get up the next day and I don't know that I dreamed. If I did, I wouldn't be able to tell you what I dreamed about. But I usually just don't even realize that I dream. So this night, though, I dreamed. And it woke me just up in the middle of the night. This dream did. So I was in my dream. I was running a 30K. But by running, I mean driving. So I was driving a 30K, apparently. And I'm on the trail and I'm coming up out of a ravine. And I need to make a left-hand turn onto this windy road up at the top of this ravine. So I obviously, I misjudge the turn and I turn too quickly in front of an oncoming car. And I think I would have been okay, but my car wouldn't accelerate. So what ends up happening is the car and, and I kind of sideswipe each other and we both end up flying off of the cliff. And so we are just, you know, airborne. And, and I know as I'm going off of this ravine that I'm going to die, that when I get to the bottom, I'll be dead. 
but I'm not dead. So I'm sitting in my wrecked car at the bottom of the ravine. And here comes the driver of the other car walking up to the driver's side with a pistol pointed right at my head because he's angry that I ran him off the road, sideswiped him and made him crash too. And so he's apparently going to kill me. So I woke up out of a dead sleep. That was my dream. And then I ended up falling back asleep and I had another terrible dream too. And I, I don't remember that one, but I am telling you, I was nervous. I was very, very nervous for this race. For whatever reason, I knew it was going to be tough, and I I guess I was just scared. Well, I got to the race at a little before 6.30. I knew that Holly, her 50K started at 6.30, and I wanted to be there to see her off. She was there to see me off for my first ultra a couple months ago, and I promised her that I would be there to see her off for her first ultra as well. And so... I was there and I watched Holly um, get going on her first ever 50K and we chatted for a little bit. It was awesome. I was able to talk to a couple of other friends, Liz and Jill, um, another friend um, from Team RWB named Mike. And there were a couple of Instagram friends that ended up finding me before the race too. I was in the getting ready to start and someone kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm not running the half, but I wanted to meet you. And and I, I was I was hoping I could would get to meet Waddell Running Lady today. And it's it's just it's awesome, but it's it's kind of embarrassing too because I'm just a you know, I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a regular lady out there running, you know, like everybody else. But it did it did make me feel special. And and that was Angie. And Angie, thank you for coming out to meet me. So sweet. I really appreciated uh, that. And I hope that your race went well that day too. Uh there's another couple that were uh her and her husband were going to be running the half and they said that they followed me on Instagram and and it was just awesome meeting so many Instagram friends and it was a lot of fun and I warmed up and went to the bathroom and then my race my race started at 7 30. So I stood back um, quite a ways in the crowd because obviously I'm not going to line up at the front because I'm slow and I know I'm slow and I know people are going to be passing me, but I also didn't necessarily want to just start the very last person and make sure that I was last because it just didn't feel right. So I went towards the back quite a ways. I feel like I was quite a ways towards the back when, you know, when we had to start. So we take off and I would say for the first mile, I was running quite a bit too fast for me. And, but yet I'm in this like bubble of people and I, you know, it's like, do I stop? Do I keep going? Do I step off to the side and, and get, you know, stampeded or what do I do? And so there were people passing me, but I was also still kind of in a pack. And so after about, it was close to a mile, I would say, I just kind of stepped off to the trail and, and started walking and caught my breath for a minute and let people pass and that was a mistake that I don't plan to make again. I will start even farther towards the back just to make sure that I'm not getting gas too soon in a race. So I should know better than that. But, you know, I guess you just learn something every day. So I started off too fast and then I had to just slow down. Well, then I'm running my own race at this point. And there's, there's a few people around me, but not very many. And at about... 
maybe two and a half miles or something like that. There weren't a lot of people around, but I saw a lady up ahead and I first thought she was maybe hiking or something, but it turned out to be Callie Vinson. And she is uh, the wife of the race director, Scott. Uh, she was out there taking pictures of the runners. And I was able to say, Cal, are you Callie? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I follow you. You're awesome. She's like, I follow you too. Or, you know, it was just, it was awesome. We were able to see each other and, and just say hi and meet real quick. And, and she got some awesome pictures of me out on the course. And she is wonderful. If you don't follow her, Callie Vinson, you should. She's great. Has a very good message that she promotes about body positivity uh, on her page. Well, I hit the first aid station, which was the Black Canyon aid station. I hit that at shortly after seeing Callie and just passed through it because I didn't need anything. It was too soon in the race. Right after you pass that aid station, you start climbing up the big climb for me of the day, which was Mesquite. I was pretty alone by this point. There were there were parts of the race that I really thought I was alone. I did not know. There must have been photographers hidden somewhere because some of the race pictures I got back, I'm like, I never saw a photographer there. I never saw a photographer there either. And they would be views from, you know, from me from the back and, and from, and I'm like, I never saw anybody. So I really wasn't alone, but it did feel like I was alone. So I started this climb up Mesquite Canyon, and there were a lot of switchbacks, a lot of rocks. It's pretty steep. And I was just trekking along and keeping my head down and, and power hiking because I knew that I could finish this thing. If I would just keep putting one foot in front of the other and not stop, that I could do it. And the climb was really long. It felt so long. But there was a lady that she ended up surprising me from behind and coming up behind me and saying, um, encouraging me. And, but we, we introduced ourselves and she said, you know, we're just out here having fun and, and it's a beautiful day and the weather's gorgeous. And then she went ahead of me and on those switchbacks, she would turn around and yell down the Canyon, Michelle, you know, and she would wave and I'd wave back. And she said, wait till you see the view up here. It's gorgeous. You're going to love it. And, you know, and, and she did this multiple times as I was climbing up Mesquite Canyon and it was kind of cool in a way. It was like, okay, lady, I'm dying here, you know, but on the other hand, it was nice because she was just, you know, trying to encourage me, which I really do appreciate. And so, so that was help. You get kind of to the top of Mesquite, but then you end up kind of going down first to the second aid station, which is the Mesquite aid station. And I did not know that I was closing in on the mesquite aid station. I couldn't tell by where I was. I couldn't see it, but I'm running along and, and again, I'm probably three and a half miles in at this. I don't know how far in I am. Honestly, I don't know, but I fell and I don't, I don't quite remember. I didn't black out. It wasn't anything like that, but I'm running along and then I'm just on the ground. There was not that I can remember any like huge rocks sticking out of the ground. I remember hitting my head on a big, huge, white kind of flat rock. And so I'm kind of all out flat on the ground. My head smacks the rock. My glasses fly off and blood is just pouring. I mean, head wounds, you know how they just bleed crazy. And so these big just droplets, blah, blah, you know, just bleeding all over the place. I stand up as quick as I can because I am literally laying 
in the middle of the path where all of these, you know, this was a point where people were starting to run towards me in the other direction. And so I stood up and I got off to the side of the path and took my pack off and I'm desperately searching in there like, oh, what can I staunch this blood with? Like, I, I need to stop this blood and it is not stopping. I took a picture or tried to look in my camera to see how bad this was and where it was. And, and, you know, it's hard to tell when it's yourself. And I couldn't, I was just kicking myself for leaving my buff in the car because I could have held that against my head to stop the bleeding. I ended up finding a couple of napkins, shoved them against my face. And then I was going to try to put my sunglasses on over these napkins, hoping that it would keep the blood stopped. And just kind of try to find the next aid station. I didn't know how far away it was. Well, people are keep passing me. And of course I have my back to the trail because I don't want, I don't want a huge spectacle, but because I had my back to the trail, I just remember a lady running by and she's like, thanks for being out here. Hey, you know, we appreciate it. And I just thought it was hilarious because I'm pouring blood and I'm not a volunteer. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm injured. And, and she's like, thanks for being out here. Like, it was just, it was funny. It just struck me as funny. Well, a lady finally, she came along and she's like, are you okay? Oh, you're not okay. Um, I don't have any band-aids. And it was just, you know, yeah, she was not part of the race, but she ended up walking ahead and, and finding the aid station. And I followed along, you know, carrying my pack and just walked up and, there happened to be this really nice lady, Heidi, at the aid station. She was a nurse and she took care of me best she could. She didn't have a ton of supplies, but she cleaned my eye up with a, an alcohol wipe and she was able to put a Band-Aid on. And you guys, I was so bloody. If you take a look back at some of those uh, race pictures that I posted or some of the reels that I did, you can see in some some of the videos, you can see the blood is still bright red on my shirt but when I'm crossing the finish line it's brown because it had been hours I guess I had blood all over my face too and I'm sitting there in a chair camp chair you know at this aid station getting cleaned up and they just keep walking up to me with wet paper towels and so I'm cleaning all the blood because my hands with the palms of my hands were just very bloody and they're like okay yeah your hands but your face you need to wash your face and I couldn't see how bloody my face was Anyhow, they um, questioned me, made sure I was okay, that I didn't have a concussion, that I wasn't dizzy, and that I hadn't blacked out. And they allowed me to continue on. I had about nine miles left at this point. Started heading up Willow Canyon with my Band-Aid and my bloody bib and my bloody shirt and my bloody shoe and my bloody pack and whatever else that had blood on it. And just decided, you know what? I feel completely normal. I want to I finish this thing. So... I started up this canyon, and I will tell you guys, by this point in time, I, I really did think I was alone, because, and I really thought I was in last place for the half marathon, because there was nobody. I didn't see anybody for miles and miles, and if I would not have seen the the trail markers that told me which way to go, I it would have just been like I was out in the middle of the wilderness hiking along, and I was hiking for a lot of this portion of the race. I was kind of scared to run because I had just taken this fall and my eyes split open and I was kind of scared and I knew I could keep going and then I felt fine, but I was like, you know, I'll run when I, when I can. And a lot of this portion of the race was climbing. And I just remember even saying to myself, when 
does the climbing end because it just seemed like it didn't end, you know, and I, and I just was even praying, Lord, please send me some flat, you know, or some downhill. I would love to run downhill, you know, but I can't, I can't just, oh, this is, it was just, I was just, I was in, I was in a struggle because I don't know, that fall just threw me off, you know, but eventually I just got through it and I just kept pushing and telling myself one step at a time, you know, forward is a pace, you're, you've got this. And when I looked at my watch, you guys, my time was very good. The first couple of miles I were about 17 minute miles, if I remember correctly. And that was under my goal pace. I was happy and I was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to do this one step at a time and we're going to finish this thing. So I knew I had to loop back around to the aid station where they took care of my eye. And that happened lots of climbs and miles later. I would say maybe six six miles later or something like that when I made it back to Mesquite Aid Station. And I came running, running into the aid station and they're like, Michelle, you know, it's Michelle. How you doing, Michelle? And, and, you know, they remembered me, the bloody head lady, I guess, you know. And so I got some water and was able to just continue on through the aid station. And at some point I saw a man named Russ and he, he messaged me after after the race on Instagram. And he's like, you know, I saw you out there that day and you were such an inspiration. And, and, you know, it just, I, I don't even remember meeting him. He's like, I'm the one with a border collie. And, and I kind of feel bad because I was just in my zone and it sounds like I was polite, you know, which I'm really glad, but I don't remember, and I'm sorry, Russ, if you're listening, that I don't remember meeting you, but I'm glad I was polite to you, and I appreciate your kind words. He said I was such an inspiration on that day, and that was just so cool to read after the race. After the second time through Mesquite Aid Station, you're heading down t- downhill, and some of those downhills are very rocky, and it's there are definitely people that run down down these rocks, but they are it's a dangerous sport. Okay. And I was power hiking down. I ran when I could, but if it looked tricky, I would walk it left in my race when I ran into a a kind of a group of hikers. And one of them was a man and he had, okay, I don't look like a runner either, but this man was not running. He wasn't part of the race. And he was obviously out hiking with his family. Okay, let's just say that. This man looks at me. And and mind you, okay, I have been on my feet at this point for, what, 10 miles. Hiking up, running down, running flats, tripping on rocks and busting my head open. Overcoming the mental challenges that go along with just doing a really tough race. And feeling alone because I don't see anybody else out here with the same color bib on as I do. Green bibs were half marathon and I don't see anybody for hours, which says to me, Michelle, you're alone and you're last. Okay. So I'm dealing with all of this. This man looks at me and says, shouldn't you be running? He's like, shouldn't you be running? Aren't you part of that marathon? And I just kind of took a deep breath and did a big sigh like that. 
And I said, do you want my bib? And then just kept making my way down that trail. And I don't know what he said. I don't know how he looked. I think I heard some of his family chuckling a little bit. But I was like, you know what? This man, this guy is not getting me down. I am out here doing something phenomenal. I am out here doing something epic. I don't care what he thinks. Oh, shouldn't you be running? Aren't you part of the... It was offensive. And maybe he didn't mean... He probably thought it was a hilarious joke and, you know whatever. Okay. But it wasn't, it's kind of like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I was running Chicago marathon and I got to mile three and there was a sign that said, you're almost there. Okay. Probably meant to be funny, but when you're at mile three of a marathon and you've got 23.2 miles to go and you see a sign that says you're almost there, it, it just seems stupid. You know what I mean? It's like, that's stupid. I'm not almost there. And you, you're, you know what I mean? that this man just was annoying. So I just kept going my, my merry way, climbing down these big old rock slabs and whatever, do, do your, do you and I'll do me, you know? (laughs) So I finally got down Mesquite. And once you get to the Black Canyon aid station and you're heading towards the finish line, they said I had two miles to go. And I'm like, okay, I think it's a little more than two, but I'll just, I'll take your word for it. So I was in a spot now that was very runnable. And instead I decided to walk really fast because I was feeling the effects of hitting my head. I started, started getting a headache and I thought, you know, I think I should probably, you know, take it easy for a bit. So about a mile farther, so about a mile from the finish or so, I ran into these two ladies that were out hiking and they started chatting with me and they of course my fall comes into the into the conversation I mean I'm bloody you know well one of the ladies happened to be a nurse and she's like um somebody should be walking with you like I don't think you should be out here and and I said I am almost to the finish line I am fine and as I'm saying this I'm saying this stuff I'm backing off the trail into a cactus and they're like wait watch out watch out and I turned around and I'm like okay look okay, I do, my head does kind of hurt, but listen, I just started doing this kind of crazy stuff. I'm fine. I'm almost to the finish. Are you sure? And I said, yes, I'm sure. Let me just finish. And so I said, I promise if I have to walk it in, I will walk it in. You know, you don't need to worry. So I, you know, said bye to them and then kept going on my merry way. And at this point, I start seeing a, a couple people, but they're heading in the opposite direction because they're running a longer distance than me. And so they're going out for another, you know, the rest of their miles. But about half a mile from the finish line, there's a runner coming towards me and he just suddenly stops and like, oh, and I said, what snake? And he said, it's a rattler. And I looked down and sure enough, there's a rattlesnake crossing the trail. And you just see like the last couple feet of this rattlesnake you know, heading into the bushes. And he's like, keep your eyes straight ahead and you'll be all right. And so, okay, here we go. And so right before you get to the finish line, there's a climb and which is, you know, kind of mean, no, but anyways, we started, I started climbing up this, running up this. And, and when you get up that climb, if there's anybody waiting at the finish line, they can pretty much see you coming. And so I turned into the finish line and 
one of my, another one of my Instagram friends that I had never met until that day, Karen, she was at the finish line with my medal and she was just jumping up and down and screaming, yeah, you know, just like she promised she would. And she was there and she gave me my medal and I crossed the finish line smiling with my hands up in the air again. And it was awesome. And I was so proud of myself for finishing that race. I got my medal from Karen, hugged her. I grabbed a grilled cheese and then I drove home to take a shower. I am about 12 minutes away. So keep in mind, my friend Holly is still out on the course running her 50K. So I knew that I had enough time. If I was quick, I could go home, get a shower, get all this blood off of me and then come back and watch Holly cross the finish line. So that's what I did. I went home and I walk in the door. My husband takes one look at me and he says, oh my. And I said, honey, the, the, you know, the medical guy, EMT or whatever he has told me, if I want a battle scar, I, I probably don't need to get stitches. And my husband looks at me and he goes, you're getting stitches. And I said, okay, fine. But I have to see Holly cross the finish line first. Okay. I'm in a shower and I'm going to head back there and then I'll go to urgent care. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever, you know? So <laughs> that's what I did. I took a shower and I put on my race shirt, my Mesquite Canyon shirt that I just got that day. And I put my medal back around my neck and I went back to the White Tank Mountains to wait with Holly's family and chatted with them for a couple hours until she crossed the finish line, which was an epic moment and so special because I knew just what she was going through running all of those miles. And after I saw her cross and congratulated her, I put my little self in my car and I drove over to urgent care. And so I get into the room with the physician's assistant and she's like, oh, you know, I think we'll be fine with just a little bit of glue. It doesn't look so bad. And I said, okay, cool. And she's like, but we're going to clean it out first. So they cleaned it out. <laughs> it had been so many hours since, since my fall that, you know, they cleaned it out and they realized, wow, this, there was so much dry blood in there. Once they cleaned it out, it was just this big, it was this pretty open wound that was a lot deeper than they thought. So she changed her mind and decided, you know, instead of zero stitches, you need three stitches and you need a tetanus shot. So, and in the process of, of this whole procedure taking place, they tell me that I was like the fifth person that day that had come in for stitches or other treatment uh, because of getting injured at the Mesquite Canyon trail runs. And they're like, you know, we should have been warned about this or something, you know, it sounds like that was kind of a brutal course. I'm like, yeah, it was kind of brutal, you know, but it was really fun. <laughs> So yeah, so it was just kind of an experience, but I, I need to get my stitches out today, by the way. But I say all of this to say that that was a very difficult race and trail running is so different from road running and I'm, I'm not dissing road running. I've, I've done road running for years and I've run many road races too. But it's a different atmosphere at trail races and it's a different, it, obviously trails are a lot different than roads and a lot more unpredictable. A half marathon on a road that might take you two and a half hours could easily take you twice as long out on the trail. And so that is something to keep in mind if you've never run trails. Um, pace is a lot different on the trails than on the road. So I knew that 
and I was very happy with my time of five hours and about 23 minutes. I came in way under my six hour goal and I was like, yeah, and feeling amazing about it, you know, posted a reel about that and posted a reel and someone had asked my time and I, I mentioned it. Well, a lot of you have already seen this, but someone said, you need to run a 5k first. Half marathons are very hard, especially if you haven't trained for it. Walking is the best exercise. I originally called this person out in a reel. They reported the reel and I blocked them and the reel was taken down. They took my reel down, which was frustrating because I was just replying to her comment and I was replying kindly to her comment. Um, I was offended that this person took one look at my reel and saw me and I'm assuming saw my size and decided, well, this lady is running without training and that's stupid. She needs to run a 5k first without, if she would have known, known me in the sense that followed me or taken the time to go look through any of my posts or any of my reels, I train all the time and I definitely did train for this race. And so that was a little hard to deal with. Um, it was a little bit hard to not say something mean because I, it's just to me, it's so ignorant, you know, of people to just see one post and say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You need, you need to train first and start with a 5k. Well, the thing is I did start with a 5k five years ago, you know, so whatever, we're not going to get all into that, but it was very frustrating. And I appreciate everybody that stood up for me and, you know, had my back and supported me. You guys are the very, very best kind of friends that a girl can have. And I appreciate every one of you because I said that. And because I talked about that experience, I have heard from others that said they were at a trail race. They had just finished their first, I believe, ultra and asked if the mugs that they saw on a table were for sale. And the lady behind the table looked her up and down and said, oh, you actually have to train to get one of those. And they were, if I remember correctly, they were the, the, it was the award for finishing the 50K. And so she deserved one of those. But this lady just took one look at her and said, oh, well, you have to actually train if you want one of these. And here she had just run her very first 50K successfully, and this woman was giving her lip. And that hurt my heart, you know, for her. And other stories like this I've heard, too, where people look at you and they base, they they judge you by how you look and say, oh, well, you must be mistaken. I think you mean to register for the 5K, not the half marathon. You know, I, you must mean to register. I think you've got the wrong bib on and you're not running the 50 K you must be running whatever, a shorter distance. And that's just so, so wrong. And I could go on and on about that, but this is the fun of the run podcast, right? We are keeping things positive and uplifting on this podcast. I highly recommend running any Aravipa running event. I highly recommend the Mesquite Canyon Trail runs. As difficult as they are, they will test you and they will push you and they will try you. And when you cross the finish line, you will feel like a superstar because you will be a superstar. 
trail races are hard. Races in general are hard. Running is hard, okay? Even if you don't ever run a race in your life, you're still a runner, okay? And running is hard. But this race was very difficult. Was it 13? Was it only a half marathon? Only? Okay, people say only. Only is an awful lot. A half marathon is an awful lot of only. And it was it was tough. And so I have no regrets. Yes, I fell. And yes, I busted my head open. Yes, I have stitches. I feel tough. I feel like, wow, I'm part of the club now. You know, I feel legit. So (laughs) I'm thankful I wasn't hurt worse than I was. But that's my story. I, I don't know if there's anything else that I really want to add, except if you are thinking about running, starting to run trails, if you are thinking about signing up for a trail race, I highly recommend that you do it. You won't regret it. Awesome experience. And I think you should go for it. I really do. So with all of that being said, I just want to one more time before we end this podcast episode, I've been reading a lot of things lately talking about people judging other people by the size of their bodies. And I just want to tell you that you are beautiful just the way that you are. It doesn't matter if you're big. It doesn't matter if you're small. It doesn't matter if you're fast or slow. That doesn't matter. Okay. If you run, you're a runner. If you don't run a race, you're still a runner. If you run trails, you're a runner. If you run roads, you're a runner. The only prerequisite for being a runner is that you run. And I don't care what anybody else says. Don't listen to them. Okay. You are a runner. Whether this is day one or you're 20 years into it, you're a runner. And I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. And we have got this. We can do hard, hard things. But don't ever forget the fun. Don't forget to keep it fun. If you're not enjoying it, back away and think of what can I do to make this more fun? Do I need some time off? Do I need a rest day? Do I need an Epsom salt bath? Do I need to see a physical therapist to get some of these issues ironed out? Take a step back if it's not fun anymore. If you don't want to race, don't race. If that's stressing you out, take some time off for racing, okay? Just keep it fun and whatever that means for you. I don't claim to be a run coach, a mental health coach, a life coach, a weight loss coach, anything else. I am not an expert in anything but my own experiences, which are what I share with you in this episode of Fun of the Run podcast. Thank you so much again for joining me today for episode six of the Fun of the Run podcast called Pushing Through the Hard Days, my Mesquite Canyon Trail Half Marathon story. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you'll come back for the next one.